You got the job on the technicality of a legend who recommended you. You are nothing, you are a fool, and you are a waste of time. Good night. I've kept really quiet, but I'll tell you something. He went down in my estimation when he said that. I don't believe personal insults help it. And Jack Charlton is quite right to be indignant about that, and the gentleman in the yellow hat really exists nowhere in the firmament of international football. The ten-man board of the FBI, the clowns, are now going to put the names in a hat. They're going to pick people who they've read about in newspapers. Give it a blam and flash it into the net. What a goal that was. Um, of course, Celtic. Ronnie just wants to say the word Schweinsteiger. Bastian Schweinsteiger. Hello and welcome to the Balls.e football show here on Guess Where Balls.e. My name is Mark Farley and as always I'm joined by Gary Connaughton and Sean Meehan. Lads, what's the crack? Mark, how are you? Also you not right? too bad. If this is your first time listening, be sure to subscribe to Balls.e podcasts. You can get our football podcast every week, you'll get our Rugby World and Union podcast, you get the build up on Balls.e. They're all there. You can find us by just searching Balls.e podcast on all good podcast apps. And please do rate and, sub- rate and review uh, when you have subscribed. Lads, this week we've got a packed show. We're going to reflect on the FAI Cup final that we promised everybody would go to extra time and indeed it did we'll have our hot takes Gary's going to be rounding up the Irish player performances from the weekend and as always we'll be focusing on a big topic and this week's topic it's a difficult one it's the Premier League team of the decade but Gary there's a slight difference to this we're not just picking the 11 best players yeah so what we decided to do is that there was a limit of one player from each club so if you have a Liverpool player in playing at right back you can't have a Liverpool player anywhere else in the team and you so obviously there's players that have played for more than one Premier League team in the decade so you're only allowed to count for one of their spells so, uh, so you're only allowed to account for their spells at one club so say for Kante you can only have Chelsea or Leicester yeah. you can't combine the two so it's good. it was tough it's really tough. It'll be a bit of crack. And obviously, if you want to do yourself, have a listen to us and then get in touch and say you can email the offer at balls.e or get us on balls, D-O-T-I-E, on all good social media platforms. And uh, we want to see your 11 as well. We'll also be crowning our Scoundrels of the Week, as always. I don't think Gwendouzi uh, has done anything last weekend to warrant his third Scoundrel of the Week award of the year. Um, but there'll be, there's plenty of other candidates. But first of all, we're going to start with our hot take. Sean, I'm going to guess that your hot take comes from the FAI Cup final. And you would be correct. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not down to our pre-podcast meeting whatsoever. <laughs> Very on brand. Um, this is about the FAI Cup final ever so slightly, an aspect of it. Um, but I also saw a great video from uh, a Moroccan derby between Dad and Raja Casablanca. The of Casablanca course. derby. The big one. The big one. Um, and... There was a great bit of pyrotechnics on display at the FAI Cup final and at the uh, Casablanca derby. Um, and my, my, you know, hot take, <laughs> if you'll pardon the pun, uh, <laughs> is that there's a distinct lack of pyrotechnics in English football and it's to its detriment. Mm. Like... Go on. Pyro just add, like, flares and smoke bombs, they just add to the atmosphere. Now, listen, there is obviously a safety concern to yeah. it. Um, and I do think there's better ways in which uh, you can add to the atmosphere, you know, coalesce with, like, Poor the Jack fire brigade. Bourne got a damnable fright when the... And that, <laughs> I think it was pyrotechnics. I think they, they were the, 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 the streamers. Yeah, <laughs> he's lifted over. <laughs> Jesus, I can only imagine if he was there beside a flare. <laughs> uh, but I think, obviously, you need to liaise with, you know, the fire department or wherever you are. Yeah. But, like, if you see 
the Casablanca Derby and what Y Dad did and it was a brilliant bit of TIFO like they had this like huge dragon type thing and it was going across the stand and there was a good hundred flares going <laughs> like those boys were going 90 with it and it looked unbelievable yeah like I just think that it, it works to the detriment of English football like all great atmospheres yeah. in football almost like flares and pyrotechnics are almost like a a part of it like um yeah so that's, if you're there though it's fairly annoying and it's also fairly annoying if you're trying to watch the television and there's just smoke covering the screen i see yeah. i see i disagree with you on that part because the only way it's annoying when there are flares and smoke going off is if you haven't got a garment that you can cover your face with <laughs> <laughs> if you're, if you're if so, you're if you have a scarf, all of a sudden you're, you're there. You go, boom. If you're like arguing mask. for the inclusion of something that requires you to wear stuff over your face, you're on to a loser. I think you could have pyrotechnics in a different way. Maybe they're on the middle of the pitch where all the players come out to their own entrance, like with wrestling. Uh, it's like Batista <laughs> kind of things. You know, do 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 do. See, that's 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 basically what it is. Only it's confined to one part of the stadium. Yeah. But <laughs> it's in the middle of the stand as well. So oh yeah, it's like, a health and safety issue. But it's also, I think, in English football, they've kind of made a big effort in the last like twenty years or whatever to make it a family occasion. Okay, so and that kind of in each academy, there needs to be you know from from seven onwards, there needs to be. <laughs> A flare holding exhibition for each age group going up. And if you can't hold a flare at age seven, you don't go on to age eight and it goes on. It's like the Academy for actual footballers, but for ultras. For flare license. There you go, yeah. And then, and then you build yourself up and all of a sudden they're safe, they know exactly what they're doing, they're telling, they're coordinating everything. Like it's like if you're gonna deal with it, you know, as a footballer, deal with it with the fans as well. All of a sudden you get better fans. Better football. Lads, I'm telling you, I'm not the one winner here. Sounds like a lot of effort to me. Uh, the game itself, we promised extra time, we promised late drama, and we got that in bucket loads. Shamrock Rovers, though, uh, if they hadn't won that, I kind of I think it was a, would have been a bit of a robbery. Like uh, They, they were, were so by far top, the best. Especially yeah. in the first half. Mother of God. Dundalk couldn't get out of their own half for 20 minutes. I was very disappointed with Dundalk. I don't know what it is about them in, in FAI Cup finals, but they don't showcase the best of themselves in it. And Rovers, to their credit, they, they knew exactly what to do and they kept up their energy throughout the game. They only went, they only, it only kind of waned somewhat in extra time and, and Alan Manis pulled off a great save to uh, to keep it at one all in extra time. But in terms of late drama... Like, like, I I told you I told you it was going to be like it was going to be a bit a bit crack yeah, yeah. And what, like you but the weird thing is when the goal went in the Shamrock Rovers penalty after that was scored I fully expected Dundalk to equalise I don't know why it was just from us talking all year all week last week I was like yeah. oh yeah they'll get an equaliser here after not looking like scoring for the full ninety yeah. minutes for the full ninety <laughs> and then all of a sudden yeah, yeah I don't know what it was I think maybe like it wasn't even, Rovers didn't even do anything to kind of. You they know, didn't retreat into yeah. yeah, exactly. Anything, yeah. They they like they tried to burst forward and try to get into the corner, and uh, it was only by virtue of a of a nice little flick on like defensive header that fell into the path of Michael Duffy, and like oh, it was a view. It was an absolute view. I could imagine what Shamrock Rovers. We're not going to open up the whole uh, volley half volley debate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was. But uh, Gary, what was your uh, hot take from the weekend? So I, I went with the Premier League. I left the uh, League of Ireland stuff to Sean. So Mark, you gave out to me last week to say that my hot takes weren't hot enough. They were te- they were kind of lukewarm takes. Yeah. I don't know if this one is hot enough, but uh, 
I, I went for uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is the worst manager in the Premier League no that's too hot no, I don't think point. it is because I just think with like if you with the resources he has and the results he's getting and the football they're playing it is the worst and he's less proven than every other manager in the league in one way or another like who, who, who could you make the argument for um, like I because I, I, I was thinking this earlier on and I actually went through it and I was like oh, he, he is like I can't see why he's not like, yeah maybe I see I focus on the high achievers <laughs> the debate who's the best manager in the Premier League um, I, I yeah I, I get where you're coming from I don't think listen I don't think he's top 10 don't think he's top 15 probably but if you look <laughs> like the bit, one problem I think with them is that they have no discernible way of playing really. that's his fault yeah, yeah I know that's what I mean yeah. like, there are other managers like that they might not it might not be working out whatever yeah like Daniel out, Daniel Fark and like say yeah, Ralph exactly. Hasenhutl they, they at least know what they want you know, to philosophy, do yeah. they yeah. just can't do it and like Norwich are working on a shoestring budget and Hasenhutl did good there's stuff. no such thing as shoestring budgets in the Premier League well there is for Norwich really when Nor- Norwich don't have a lot of money <laughs> But it's not shoestring. Hassan Hootl did a good job at other clubs as well. Yeah, yeah but so the, like, like in fairness, so did Solskjaer. Like. But you look at like, gr- like Brightner 8, right? But you talk, look at someone like Graham Potter, you say, oh, what's he done? He managed Swansea. He managed in Sweden with Ostersunds in a but, league that was comparable. But you can't be, like, again, then if you're going to bring up Graham Potter and Ostersunds, then why don't you bring up Solskjaer and Molde? I am. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, you know? I'm saying if you are to say that he has less than... Solskjaer. I don't think he has less than yeah. Solskjaer at all, but I'd say they're like, probably equivalents. So, so who's worse? Give me a name. No, like you know what? You're 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 turning me here. <laughs> um, I I I think it's really hard to quantify. Bad Marco manager. Silva. Marco Silva. Marco Silva is worst manager. Yeah, I, I'm I, gonna say that I'm out straight now. He was the only on one play. I could think of, and like people would say Steve Bruce, but I think uh, Solskjaer would do worse in Newcastle than Steve Bruce is doing. So, Steve Bruce has a plan though yeah, as well. Exactly. Like, I, I think plans are good. Pla- plans help. Uh, yeah, Marco Silva's worse. <laughs> Marco Silva's worse. My hot take for the weekend <laughs> is that three o'clock football in November is better than three o'clock football at every other time of the year. <laughs> I don't know what it is, and I kind of knew it going into the weekend. There's something about when the games start to get dark before the fiftieth, sixtieth minute in the Premier League. That just make three o'clock games far better, and maybe it's the thing that it's also, it's like it's the same every year, and it's maybe it's, that it's also like it gives you the kind of what's the word? The, you give yourself permission to be like maybe watching the games or sitting back and enjoying them. Like, like do you know for August and September, there's good weather outside. You should be out doing something, making something of your day rather than sitting in. But then come four o'clock, it's damp, it's dreary, it's November. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with sitting in and watching it now. What not, else would you not, be doing? Not even a game. Maybe it's just Soccer Saturday or final score on BBC and getting involved in all the excitement. It didn't... Uh, and like That, just in general, but then also the fact that, look at the, the proof is in the pudding. You had both Liverpool and Man City coming back in the last five minutes. Late, late drama. I, I would yet again. I would say that uh, the fact that you had Liverpool and Man City both playing on a Saturday at three o'clock and you had Arsenal Wolves playing on a Saturday at three o'clock when Liverpool might and City might play a Saturday at three o'clock another three times in the entire season yeah, and probably yeah. never the same weekend that, again. Yeah, it was a bit of a coincidence. Like, this isn't a theory that I just came up with. 
on the spot yesterday. Like this is something I was thinking of. I've thought of for many, many years. Yeah, I, mean, I think it also dates back to when RTE had three o'clock games, and you yeah. could watch them at, uh, and it was a, a sort of a, a damp November, and it was some random game between like Chelsea and Aston Villa when Martin O'Neill was in charge and. Gabby Abonglo was the greatest player in the league. <laughs> <laughs> there was always a bit it, of crap. That certainly feeds into my uh, my theory that football played under floodlights is immediately better oh, yeah. than football that's, played. That's a like, fact. That's a, yeah. it's, it's a fact, but then that obviously plays into it. It's like, you know, if yeah. you're playing a standard three o'clock kickoff, you, you might be lucky to get five minutes of floodlight action. Yeah. But they would only be on just for the off yeah. chance that it gets... Site already, we have a think piece on site about how midweek football, midweek Premier League is infinitely better than all the other Premier League. Um, but I think, yeah, it's the same thing. Like, come April, May, you're like, May at three o'clock, what the hell are you doing sitting inside for a team that's probably their season's done and dusted and they're waiting to go on the holidays watching a game? But that was my hot take. I, 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 it's a good show. That I is like a it. good, I that's a it. good take. That's a so good Brad, take. It's time to get on to crowning our scoundrel of the week. So it is the Davilouise Scoundrel of the Week to give it its full title. Uh, this week, this is a week, if, you're, if it's your first time ever listening to this, this is where we, uh, on a weekly basis, will pick out people who have acted scoundrelly over the weekend, <laughs> if that's a word. What a verb. Scoundrel-like <laughs> behaviour. You know, it could be something that they did was, that was a bit dastardly, or maybe it's that they you know, were a bit cheeky, maybe it's a, a ridiculous piece of skill, like, uh, you know, Andy Stevens has been nominated for many's a week for just nutmegging people, and, including Seamus Coleman. Um, <laughs> Uh, usually it's an Arsenal player that wins it hence it's called the David Luiz Scoundrel of the Week even though Guendouzi last week was our first person to ever win it twice uh, this week's nominees lads going to start with you Gary who's your first nominee? Uh, Pep Guardiola go on for his um, comments after the Man City and Southampton game where he was asked about uh, Liverpool's late comeback uh, against Villa and he was like oh yeah well you know that's the type of thing Liverpool, well, I'm paraphrasing here but basically what he said was this the type, that's the type of thing Liverpool do sometimes it's brilliant goals Sometimes it's diving. They always get it done, basically. And I thought that was a, a very cheeky comment to make in, with a week out from the game at Anfield. On that note, I'd like to, to nominate Sadio Mane for diving. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a dive. It was a dive. How was it not a dive? It was one of those that wasn't a dive, but it also wasn't a penalty. How? Oh, so so when I say this about Callum Hudson-Odoi... That was a dive. Though. There was a lot more contact in the Mane one than there was in the Hudson-Odoi one. All right, so when he gets pushed on the back... It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. No, you're wrong. It's fine. He can be wrong. It's grand. I feel, I feel like we're going to fall out a lot in this podcast when we get into these teams. <laughs> He's diving. No, diving. He's diving. I'd like to nominate John Lundstrom for having the audacity to be on my bench yet again on fantasy football and score two goals. I've never gotten points at Lundstrom despite the fact I've owned him I think since the second week. We should have learned by now. I know. 21, I what did we get? 22 points? But to be fair, I, was in a cho- I had a choice between him and Montoya and I played Montoya. Montoya got an assist and a clean sheet. He got 12 points. But like, I sh- who else did I start? Tamori and Nicholas Otamendi. So... Like, I shouldn't have started Lundstrom. I really. doubled up on Sheffield United. I played two Sheffield United defenders what this week. You? I played Enda Stevens as well, so... <sighs> Some good choice. 25 yeah, yeah. points between Also, them. the chap whose name I can't pronounce, Sayanuchu, Sayanacho. Oh, from Leicester. Sayunchu. Sayunchu, okay. who I went, geez, Leicester make it in a centre-back because they all got up at 40 points each against Southampton. Then I looked and went, actually, Leicester don't ever keep clean sheets. That was their mm. only clean sheet, I think, nearly all season. They always can see one, one. goal or two goals, yeah. And uh, so I was like, no, I'll not buy a lens. And I was buying Sayunchu. Like it was him I was getting because he was the cheapest and I was selling uh, Joel Matip. We'll get into this in a second. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went, no, Leicester never keep clean sheets. I'm not buying Sayunchu. I'll buy Joe Gomez instead because I didn't take the three seconds to look up 
whether Gomez or Lovren had been starting the week There was a beautiful before. moment of realisation in the office when Mark was like, <laughs> he was like, oh, sure Joe Gomez will play now that John Matip is out. And we were like, no, sure Lovren's been starting ahead of him. And Mark was like, oh, shite, I'm after just putting him in. Like, I'm just after confirming <laughs> the transfer. Click the button, confirm, as people were saying it. But anyway, Lundstrom, for uh, just being a devil, getting two goals, could have been three or four, and is down as a defender. Yeah, it's, it's a joke that he's a defender. And what was he for? I know he's got up now, but he started off at four million. Yeah. He's like four points. How can you? I've gotten him wrong all the time, because even the day before the season started, people, everybody had him in their team because he was the four million defender. And uh, Sheffield and I were only after buying a midfielder on deadline day. And everyone was like, no, I saw someone going, Lundstrom won't play now because mm. they're after buying a midfielder. So, and I was like, right, I'm buying Rico instead. I Lundstrom Rico got a goal, I think, on the very first day of the season. I got an assist anyway. And I think yeah, he's, no, he's, he's been sold, a sleeper. Yeah, and I sold Rico before he started. But anyway, uh, Lundstrom is my nominee. Sean? Um, to hark back to the FAI Cup final, <laughs> uh, as, as, as I'm one to do, really. Uh George Hamilton was on was on commentary duty with uh, with Pat Fennell on co-coms, and they got a few names wrong. Listen, that's 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 part and parcel of what you can anticipate when uh, when RT barely show a match all season and then decide to show the uh, the, the the biggest game in the country. But uh, there was a time just after uh, Ronan Finn, the Rovers captain, had lifted the uh, had lifted the cup, and he uh, had his child in his arms, or at least everybody watching thought it was a child because it was an actual human being uh, George Hamilton instead thought that this thing that Ronan Finn had aloft in his arms re- wearing a rover's crest wearing a rover scarf was a teddy bear <laughs> <laughs> so George Hamilton on commentary duty goes and there's the teddy bear there drabbed in shamrock rovers colours it's, it's an actual child it's, it's Ronan Finn's child uh, George not your best moment <laughs> um, I'm also going to nominate uh, who was it looking there Martin Atkinson for having a, a controversial weekend between the VAR decision on Saturday where he was the the VAR representative or referee in wherever booth, whatever, wherever that booth is located. Uh, Stockley Park. Stockley Park. Um, and then on Sunday for upgrading uh, Sun's yellow card to a red card, which was, it made it, it compounded, it made a bad situation a lot worse. A lot worse, yeah. yeah. I, I don't think the, the challenge, like, it wasn't a red card challenge. No, uh, definitely not. Like, so Atkinson looks and sees poor little Andre Gomez on the deck and immediately goes oh well I've got to do something drastic here yeah. so it obviously compounds and it'll be appealed and it'll be rescinded because there's no way that it was a red card uh, it was just like, really really unfortunate and to like I saw somebody say that like he might have been protecting Son Son would have been substituted immediately he would have been substituted yeah. immediately after. I don't know yeah. the other thing is it could like the way he did jump like he had hit the ground kind of before he got the slight tackle, the tackle yeah. actually came in, but you could have mistook it for like being a studs in challenge. Yeah. You know? But, if but like you yellow, have the, that yellow card in your hand. Yeah, that's, that's what VAR that was, is for as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I don't think anybody's going to go and read, like in fairness, that's a right decision to not go and replay that because like, nobody wants to see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And tell me this, have we got any other nominees? Uh, I'm going with Josh King because I... Uh, I was out and about on, on Saturday Saturday uh, morning, afternoon, 
Uh, didn't know the. I knew that Bournemouth had beaten Manchester United. I didn't know who scored, how they scored, what happened. I was watching match of the day later, later, later on that evening, um, and it was getting to the time that Bournemouth scored. But I didn't sure I didn't know that. Uh, and then as soon as that ball came in, I saw Josh King take that ball down and went. He's flicking this over the defender's head, and it's volleyed in. Show enough. <laughs> yeah. Aaron, the only person that didn't know that that was going to happen was Aaron Wan-Bissaka mm. and I don't know what he was at I yeah, it was, quite it frankly was, I don't know what he was bad. at like you body someone up but you actually put your body to the back of them you don't kind of do it side on and allow them to just do, it, do you over your head and then volley it in great goal well who, done Josh King who are we going for so I I'm leaning towards uh, George Hamilton for his teddy bear tag. I think so <laughs> I, I think so I think so I think uh, I think George yeah uh, <sighs> Who has George. ever picked a teddy bear out of the crowd <laughs> after a match? Who's like holding that? a teddy bear aloft? Like I'm just picturing the Lion King. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a teddy bear. Uh, it's not really scoundrel behaviour, and he did a big accident. But look, oh, we, yeah, we, it's, we, fun, we, it's so funny though. Yeah. I think that. Yeah. Congratulations, George Hamilton, or David Louise, scoundrel of the week. <laughs> Up next, <laughs> Gary's going to tell us how all the Irish players got on at the weekend. Gary. What do you got? We got we're, we're, what are we now? Two weeks out from an, weeks out. Our, the most important game in the history of Irish football against Denmark. Preston, <laughs> we've heard that we've heard that sentence before. Yeah. <laughs> Preston have gone top of the championship. Yeah, Johnny Maguire and Alan Brown started. I'm doing this thing where I'm like the main evening news presenter who's just ruining the sports <laughs> presenters. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I just come in now and say yes, 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 yes they yeah. did. Uh, well, yes, Mark, you're, you're correct. Uh, but uh, yeah, they're gone top. Alan Brown seems to have won his place back in the team as well after being in and out there at the start of the season. He played centre mid at the weekend uh, as part of like a holding two after spending time at right back, spending time right wing. So uh, he's definitely, he, he's won his place back. Another man won his place back, Kieran Clark for Newcastle, scored at the weekend. The lovely, the goal you don't see too often, which is the headed assist to a header goal, <laughs> which is a... No, a bit of nods and vods. Yeah. Oh, that's what you like, that's truly what you like to see. So Clark, like, though, is, has to be in the reckoning now for being that, possibly the third choice centre-back that John yeah. Egan was initially. Um, I know he's been kind of left out in the cold for a long time, but he's, like, compared to Kevin Long, say he's starting... Week in, week out now in the Premier League. Definitely. Like, I think McCarthy has said he's not going to play that back three again. Uh, well, well, maybe that means that he's not going to shoehorn a left back or left wing back into a centre-half position, despite never having tried it before. <laughs> yeah. Which I, f- I hope so. I genuinely hope so, Mick. I hope you're not going to but do if, that But if he was to play it, like, you can imagine Clark would have to be the third one in there. Like, Egan and Duffy are definitely going to start, barring injury, touch wood. Neither of them do get injured. But uh, Shane Duffy was also scored at the weekend with his feet. With his feet. Yeah. With his feet, Bit lads. of guile there from Shane Duffy. A bit of a slider, you know, he took it well, he did, uh, Shane. He actually didn't start the game, but had to come on after 35 minutes because uh, Webster got injured. Uh, Connolly started, so he's kind of nailed down his place in the team. Yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't, though, because you've got, I don't maybe they're not... He's not a direct replacement from because he came on for gross, but Trossard yeah. off the bench. Like Trossard looks good. Anytime I've seen him, he looks decent. Now he has started a game and got dropped back down to the bench. Um, but there is a bit of like there there's a lot of competition for that kind of striker slash attacking midfielder. It's kind of a well. toss up between all of them. I think I don't think any yeah. of them are guaranteed. Like even, you're throwing in Alzate in there Mope. as well, Mope, yeah. Gross. Jeez, the way Davy Proper was playing when yeah. I was looking at it at the weekend was looking like he was further forward than I've ever seen him before. Yeah. But the only thing, obviously, that Connie has in his 
um, favours that he's an out-and-out striker and can play up long yeah, over, exactly. the rest are in behind Sheffield United have the best defence in the league John Egan no Stevens look we just yeah. talked about Sheffield United but uh, Troy Parrott was on the bench Tease, Maurizio Pasino teasing us even more than normal Sean I'm sick of him I'm just genuinely <laughs> sick of him like, to be fair, I, do, I, I, I get it though like, you can't bring him on in that situation no, the, game, the, game, the, the way the game played out you, he was yeah. never going to come on we were ho- I was hoping uh, Spurs might run up 2 or 3 nil, and he'd get 10 minutes bang throw him on obviously then the, just to touch on the Sun thing again Seamus Coleman didn't play in that game but uh, Pochettino came out afterwards and said that Seamus Coleman came into the Spurs dressing room after the game to kind of console Son and to tell him, you know, like they, they, no one was blaming him for what happened, which I thought was like a really nice touch. Obviously, Coleman had experienced a very similar injury himself a couple of years ago, and you could actually see he came over to the sideline and kind of the cameras were on him for a bit. He was kind of watching everything that was going on, so I thought that was a, a yeah, nice touch. Seamus Coleman's a good guy. He is. Uh, just guy. very briefly, a couple of possible injury concerns ahead of that Denmark game. Uh, Matt Doherty came off injured with his knee at the same knee that he's been having trouble with but they think he'll be okay and then Glenn Whelan came off injured for Hearts after 20 minutes with a hamstring injury and a 35 year old coming off with a hamstring injury 10 days or 14 days before a big game it looks like he'll be touch and go but it'll be an interesting dynamic if Roy Keane ends up managing Hearts <laughs> <laughs> when you retire Glenn Whelan again <laughs> I uh, I saw that uh, to hark back to the FAI Cup final again um, apparently Sean Gannon could be in line for a call up because all of our right backs seem to have disappeared yeah uh, I don't know what size Chris he's at I'm sure he's still still kicking ball but uh wouldn't be a bad option. Sean Gannon's a very, very good yeah. player. Very underrated. Couple in a successful soccer career with Dundalk with a very successful Gaelic football career with Carlo as well. Um, so fair play to Sean Gannon. That's gone way over my head. <laughs> and, and I hope it's gone over the head of every single listener. That isn't uh, from Carlo. <laughs> when we come back, we'll be uh, giving our respective Premier League teams of the decades. Right, lads, this is a really, really tricky thing to do. Very yeah. tough. Deciding an 11 is easy if you can just pick any... Well, it's not easy, but it's a lot easier if you can just pick anyone. But when we put this rule on ourselves, Gary, you decided the stipulation where we can only pick a, one player per club. Yeah. It makes it very hard. And it also kind of makes it that... It, it depends on where you kind of... What way you approach this? Do you start with the goalkeeper and work your way out? Do you start up front and work your way back? Do you start with like, right, who are the four or five best? Like, I, I think I, the way I kind of ended up doing it was, who are the best players in my mind across the last decade? So yeah. like, name your top 10 or 11 players. Go from the top down. So if you thought, for instance, I don't know, they're not going to be in it, but say you had Peter Crouch and John Walters, you're like, right, well, John Walters is there. He's number one. Peter Crouch is number two. But John Walters is number one, so he has to go in. And then you, Crouch is gone. Mm. That's the kind of way I did it. I took I took a similar approach. Then with like three or four positions where there's a massive drop down. Yeah. Whereas like you could have a better all round team if you'd gone from someone that was slightly worse, say up front, and then you could put in somebody else in centre yeah. back. I, what, I, what I did was I basically went through almost every single team that has been in the Premier League this decade <laughs> and chosen the best player from each of those teams or at least how I felt anyway now obviously there's some sort of variation in it but uh, then just kind of synthesised it and made a decision based on that you it's, know and then you have the question of longevity versus 
Like, like if one player had one unbelievable season, is that better than someone who had played six quite good seasons? Yeah, so, there's a lot going on yeah. here. I'm going, to, I'm going to start off here myself. I'm going to go with David De Gea and goals. Likewise. Likewise. I thought yeah, that because nobody that. else from Man United deserves a place. So. Uh, that's what way of formation have we played here, lads? I've gone with, I was caught between a 4-3-3 and a 4-4-2. And again, this is another thing you have to take into account. My 4-3-3 was far too attacking. I had one central midfielder and two really number 10s or slightly <laughs> off the striker, lads. So I've gone back to a 4-4-2, which is... Made it have made me make a tough choice up front as well. But uh, have you gone with? To be honest, I went four four two, and the team is still way too attacking. But <laughs> I'm four four two. My team is way too attacking as well, lads. Don't Centre worry. Backs. Centre backs. See now, a stipulation here before I name these centre backs is that these were the last two positions nearly in the team that you know were what, filled. Do you know what we'll do? Is we'll name your eleven. And Sean, you name your eleven. I name my eleven. And that way we'll get an overall because this is there's no point in giving out about your centre back. Yeah, because it's going to be related okay. to the decision you made up front. So what was your eleven overall? So my eleven, right? David De Gea in goal, right back Seamus Coleman, centre backs Nathan Aki and Lauren Kashenley. <laughs> right. Jeez. <laughs> Left back Ryan Bertrand. <laughs> that back four is awful. So then it gets a bit better from here. Right midfield is Mo Salah. Uh, my two centre mids are David Silva and Dimitri Payet. My left midfielder is Eden Hazard, and up front I have Jamie Vardy and Harry Kane. Very, very attacking. <laughs> very attacking. So I've, 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 midfield's going to get overrun. I've, I've synthesised with you on a couple of positions. So in goal, David de Gea, right back Seamus Coleman, left back Ryan Bertrand, centre halves Virgil Van Dijk, the Liverpool iteration, Toby Alderweireld, the Spurs iteration, centre mid Dimitri Payet, West Ham. Uh, N'Golo Kante, Leicester City. Right mid, Wilfred Zaha, Crystal Palace. Left mid, Eden Hazard, Chelsea. Up top, Sergio Aguero, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Aubameyang? Mm. That's, that's an odd one. If you had an Arsenal striker left over, surely you're going with RVP. No. He was only at Arsenal for one year of this decade. Two years. Two years. Like, same as yeah. Aubameyang and, you know, I I just like it Aubameyang more. That's going to lie. Uh, you're after reminding me of something now that might maybe change my mind, but basically my team at the minute is David Hay in goals, Seamus Coleman at right back, Virgil van Dijk, Liverpool iteration at centre back. My left back, I actually looked at Bertrand as well because he uh, he was in the Premier League team of the year and he's been just consistently playing left back in the Premier League for 10 years. But someone else who has been consistently playing left back and is back in left back form again <laughs> this year, Eric Peters. Had a long career at Stoke. I, I, yeah. No, just it's Bertrand all day over Peters. <laughs> yeah. And I said Peters earlier on, but I kind of just meant it in a half joking way. In all honesty. And then uh, <laughs> my other centre back was Jose Font. I, had, Hos- I had Jose Font. But, but then now I'm thinking of Toby Aldevira, Southampton iteration. He was only one year though, wasn't he? One year, yeah. One so, year. Yeah. So maybe I'll stick with Font. Yeah. I think um, Font, yeah. I think you And that's why, Font. because I have. It's one or the other, and then that means that obviously I can't put Bertrand at left back. The other person I was thinking of was Leighton Baines for left back, but then I couldn't think of any right back at all. Other yeah, moment. Jesus. Uh, my midfield uh, had Zaha. I think I might go Alexis Sanchez on the right. No, yeah, Sanchez on the right. Arsenal iteration, obviously. Um, Central midfield, Ngolo Kante and Joe Allen. 
Left midfield. <laughs> the Leicester and Golo Kante. Joe Allen? Yeah. Which Joe Allen? <laughs> what Joe Allen uh, have we The got? Stoke City slash Swansea City. Actually, yeah, Peters, he, <laughs> Peters, it was Stoke, so Allen, there was Swansea City. <laughs> Joe Allen gets into the team second for his one season at Swansea City. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Welsh Shavi. Look at the it's man. Brendan Rodgers picking this team, is <laughs> The man, <laughs> the man played in the Premier League for a long time. Hang on, hang on, right, so say the rest of your team, say the rest of your team. Up front, Sergio Guerrero and Harry Kane. Right, uh, Dimitri Payet, there you go. There you I thought Dimitri Payet, but he's not a central midfielder in a proper team. I played the hey, central hey, who role. Who are you playing with? You're playing him with a man who can run for, for every single country in the world, not just France. Yeah, but you're also playing him with Sanchez and Hazard, who... Yeah, I'm going to bro. do a bit of tracking back. Have you not seen this man run? Have you not seen this man play? Have you not seen... Did you not remember him that season? Just how much he ran. He had Danny Drinkwater. He made Danny Drinkwater worth £30 million. <laughs> That's just something you can do just by, like, pretending to be doing the work of one or two men. That's about four-man job, Lest- that Lester is. Leicester did play three in midfield. They had Danny Drinkwater in the middle and then N'Golo Kante either side of him, so... You know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? That's, it's it's not an easy task. It isn't. It's like, not. It's not. It's, like my back four is my centre backs. Like Nathan Aki's a good player, but like, and then Lauren Koscielny because I just he's the only way I could get an Arsenal player in. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm happy. With my, I can't lie. Yeah, I'm happy. Koscielny is a bad one. Like Koscielny was yeah. a good player. Um, it's just that the other one that he's I nearly not the best. He's not in the top four, five players. I'll be very. No. maybe he is. I think. I th- when you think be, about it, there's, yeah. there's been a like. A real lack of quality from Arsenal. Didn't widespread quality. Like Ramsey, but he had a lot of injury trouble. Yeah. Uh, Van Persie, I know it was only a couple of seasons, but you've still, got the likes he was of absolutely Aubameyang. on fire then. Like, you've uh, got the likes of Lacazette or Aubameyang. Like, Aubameyang's oh, top five now, straight away, I think. Like, yeah. like Ozil, but like you're you're thinking of what Ozil the can other do, one, not Bellerin what he did was do. a possible right-back for me. But, did and get in the team of the year once. Yeah. The other one, I nearly went with a centre-back and said Nathan Aki was Breda Hangeland. Of, yeah. of Fulham ilk I probably would have went with Hangland just because he's got a longer track record he, he act, when, when you compare in this decade his time at Fulham and Nathan Aki's time at Bournemouth is pretty much the same actually when so, was he with Palace though he he was only with Palace for two years and played feck all and he was with he was with Fulham from 2008 to 2014 but we couldn't count the first two years of that either so yeah, was, and that was uh, arguably yeah. when he was at his best probably uh, yeah. so like the, the Europa well I suppose you get six months of that Europa Cup run <laughs> uh, and even at that it's not even in the Premier League, so you yeah. can't really count it. Like, I'd go, with my team, i looking at it, I'd be like, probably put in Hangel and take out Font and put Bertrand left back, maybe. Um, we're going gonna, gonna to decide on a consensus 11 here because. Oh, like <laughs> it's different. Right, well, all I know is like, my team is beating yours. Uh, I, in in a game of actual football, yes. Yeah. But I think that's, that's all. That's all I need to know. That's all I need so to know. We're like, all I, we're all agreed on De Gea. Yeah. Are we all agreed on Coleman? I Coleman, think we yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're all agreed on VVD. At centre back, I didn't have him, but I do. Where, I where Salah. Salah. He had Salah. Salah. I, I, because I, the, I, the reason I picked Salah is because it came down to this. Like Salah had probably the best individual season of the decade in of any player in this first season at Liverpool. So that's why I picked yeah. him. Mm. I like he, he's been at the club six months longer than Van Dijk, but like I'd be happy. Like, I could easily have picked. Him, I, I, I went with Van Dijk purely because, as I was saying earlier, weaker teams have chances are they're better attackers than better defenders so when you're looking at it like 
there's certain players that you just can't miss and mm. I think uh, Salah then you look at like what Mane does I was really going to take the cop out and put the Southampton Van Dijk in but I decided That's not I, to I, do I, that I, I, was, I was good <laughs> if I wasn't taking the Van Dijk at Liverpool I was going to take the Van Dijk at Southampton and then figure out a way of putting in a different left back mm. yeah I had the Southampton Van Dijk and then realised that when I was coming up training up with other centre backs I was like well Font played Consistent like when Southampton were playing really well, Font was there at the back, then went to West Ham, so he got a couple more seasons. I know he, he was about 90 by the time he went to West Ham, <laughs> but it was just like, so I, then that's why I ended up going back to Liverpool. Van Dijk. But it probably is, this is that th- thing where, like, if you're actually picking an all round team, then it's a waste nearly picking Liverpool Van Dijk because there's so many Liverpool attackers. Even Luis Suarez yeah, Luis had an Suarez, argument yeah. to be in that team. Definitely. Uh, when we say Southampton Van Dyke and then that opens it up it just means we have to find another left back no I, I'm, I'll come down <laughs> no honest to God no no we, we just, who, who, we, come on another left back isn't that hard to think of yes it bleeding is because I'm not putting Eric Peters in <laughs> Mark, yeah this is all a clever ploy by Mark just somehow getting Eric Christ, Peters into the team that I, like can it. we play Joe Allen at left back <laughs> <laughs> like th- genuinely and I say this because you mentioned it earlier, <laughs> Sheffield United have the best defence in the league. I'd rather put Bleeding and the Stevens in there. <laughs> with uh, two months of Premier League. With two months of Premier League ball underneath them. Is there any uh, argument to get rid of Seamus Coleman and put Leighton Baines in at left back? We just, I cannot think of another right back. I can't think of a decent right back. A right yeah. back. Like, like Coleman is fine. Like he's grand for played the purposes 10 of years And he's and played the full whack as well, which obviously stands yeah. him in good Zabaleta stead. West Ham, but Zabaleta West Ham no, is a shadow. No, it's not. No, like, so yeah, if you exactly. Man City Zabaleta, maybe, but you're not dropping... Man City Zabaleta So you got like, who else? Like, multiple like, yeah. players in the one club. Yeah. Uh, the only other team I was Matt trying Because this would end up... I had Matt Doherty in there before I realised I took Baines. I had Baines in originally and had Matt Doherty over in the right. We stick Matt Doherty in and put Baines at left I don't know. I don't, this I wasn't think, an Irish podcast. There's no way. There's no <laughs> way. And uh, to be honest, if this if this wasn't an Irish podcast, people would put Seamus Coleman in there. Like yeah, they yeah. would. Uh, the only other te- you get to the point where you're actually looking at teams. Like there are that many good attackers from the top four clubs that you're kind of ruling them out. To be fair, I could take out Sanchez and put in for the team I'm looking at here. I could take out Sanchez and put in uh, Bellerin at right back. But I don't know. I was going to say, yeah, you're looking at teams. And one of the teams I was looking at that were consistently in the Premier League up until recently was West Brom. And mm. they had a lot of decent defenders, but they all seemed to be centre-backs. Garrett McCauley I was going to put in at one stage, but mm. decided against it. Johnny Evans, I, West like, Brom. I, I, can't, I can't see myself. But, like, Johnny Evans may be the only one. Maybe. Yeah. But, like, like who are you going to put in? Craig Dawson? Kieran Gibbs? Like, you just, you know, in terms of best, and you've got 11 teams that you have to hit here. Right. You, you like, don't have look, to we'll hit. Stick, we'll, go, we'll go Liverpool Van Dyke and go Liverpool Van Dyke, Bertrand left back. Bertrand left back, Liverpool Van Dyke. So that's our. Who's the other centre back then? Hangeland? You've got Hangeland. I picked Alderweireld, but you picked Kane. Did you pick Kane? Yeah, I picked Kane. Kane. So I think Kane has to take precedence at yeah. the yeah, at the business then, end of the pitch. So then we're basically deciding between Font, one no, season. We can't have Font because we have Bertrand. Oh Christ! Yeah, well, we, no could have West, we could have West. No, no. West Ham Font was no good. Uh, <laughs> Hangeland, Araki, or now you can bring in Koscielny or Koscielny. You know, um, 
Kishen, yeah, Kishenli probably because he played at. Because are you gonna put Sanchez in? Are you are you gonna? Well, if I don't put Sanchez, Sanchez in, then Sanchez. It's Zaha on the right. Yeah, and I are have we, Zaha. Are you happy with Zaha on the I'm right? I'm happy with Zaha if we can. Yeah, I'd rather have Kishenli. I'd rather have Kishenli than a Hangeland or, a, <laughs> which doesn't say a lot, but. Grant, and then our centre central midfielder pa- partnership, right? So we're going with Zaha on the right and Hazard on the left and Kante in central midfield. So that's three of our midfield. Yeah, that's and agreed. then we're putting Payet in as well because we've got two of us have Payet. You've Payet central midfield yeah, as well. If we're going Aguero up front then we ha- and we can't have David Silva, you have to go Payet, yeah. I think it's madness that midfield is going to get destroyed. <laughs> it's going to get overrun. It has Kante in it, though. It has Kante in it. Yeah. How could, you can't Who overrun a midfield. Mark Noble or something. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Mark Noble did come into my thought you know, uh, like, process he, like, I, I was trying to think of players from like a, a vast array of clubs uh, you know so from Cardiff City you could have went Jordan Mutch or Victor Camarasa no um, <laughs> Swansea uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson you know yeah you know if you want to Swansea Gilfie Sigurdsson is very good as well you know uh, Birmingham they were only in it for you know a season yeah. season and a half Keith Fahey <laughs> Aston <laughs> Villa very on, very on brand Aston Villa like Fabian Delph John McGinn like, John McGinn's already far surpassed what I feel yeah but you can't have someone in for playing two, two months, months. <laughs> exactly I know you can't I know you can't so uh, and Stevens cross him out as well <laughs> uh, uh, Christian Benteke Aston Villa not a bad show but I also uh, you, you have so many options up we front. have Kane and Aguero up front yeah. I don't think we're dropping them for again Pet- another centre <laughs> half actually if you want to mention him um, Fabrizio Colaccini yes he was also in my I thinking. thought about him as well yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's better than Koscielny though yeah. yeah and I think Newcastle were so bad for so many years that I kind of just forgot that he was so good for a couple it, of years but so. when he was good when they came fifth that one time he was good Papi Cissé we got him in the team Demba Ba yeah they all just though wasn't so it be over a little longer period like you're looking at lads for like who've anyone who's only played kind of one season at a club you're only really looking at Kante or you know one or two seasons it's Kante or Ver, and Virgil van Dijk and, and they they were so good and Paye they were so good like Paye got into the team of the season that year yeah. didn't he like whereas other players that like Colaccini and Demba Ba and these that already Colaccini was there longer and was decent longer but Ba and Papi Cissé you need to you really need to have own, like you need to have virtually player of the year performances Paya had that Kante had that Van Dijk had it now is just continuing it on yeah. like you know and same like Paya went then six months and then was like oh, I need to get out of here I yeah, never yeah. wanted to be here in the first place. It's like, Jesus, if you didn't want to be here and you were playing like that, only imagine what you were, what you would have been like you're had happy. you wanted to be there. Like, yeah. so we're settled. So, so I we're think, settled. I think so we so have the whole whack. Run through it there from one to eleven. David De Gea, yes. back four of Seamus Coleman, Lauren Kachelli, Virgil Van Dijk, Liverpool Van Dijk, Liverpool Van Dijk, and. Uh, er, uh, Ryan Bertrand <laughs> not Eric Peters stop trying to crowbar your Eric Peters agenda in here no we're not going for the Stoke one and we're not going for the, for the Burnley one either I was about to call him Eric <laughs> Eric Bertrand but <laughs> Ryan Bertrand a midfield four of uh, Zaha Kante Crystal Palace yeah Crystal Palace Zaha uh, Kante Dimitri Payet Eden Hazard and then a front two of Sergio Aguero and Harry Kane I'm happy enough. That's with a that. good team. That's, That's a good team. Good there team. were so many options for Man City. Like we need yeah. to top of them just for a second in terms of. If that, you if, if you, you were have to have Vincent, they had probably if you were to put if this wasn't uh, only one player per club, 
they probably would have had the first name on the team sheet in each of the positions in that as in in each of the lines of the field and that Vincent Company is going as their centre back either Silva. Kevin De Bruyne or David, Louis, or David Silva is going in centre midfield possibly both of them yeah, yeah. Where it's going. and Zabaleta probably be right back as yeah, well yeah and Raheem Sterling is an argument to be up you know be, be a winger he would play yeah. Zaha in our team yeah, there if we were they, they're, they're ludicrous they're, they're ludicrous but they have won the most titles this decade yeah like yeah, so, so it, it makes it, it makes sense, sense. but I, I'm, I'm happy that we chose it there a long time yeah. like so other, Aguero, Silva and company were there for the whole decade pretty the other two big players that I think are lucky to miss out well there's a few Chelsea as well Aspilicueta obviously has been like really solid for the entire decade for Chelsea nearly. yeah um, Didier and Drogba was towards everywhere. the end of his time really. I wouldn't have put I, I don't no, think he, was he, he only had a year or two yeah. there uh, but United Wayne Rooney and Robin Van Persie and Van Persie Arsenal really if yeah. you want to if you want to say that yeah Rooney definitely nah uh, Rooney uh, yeah. was yeah I don't think the 20, was he, it 20, Wayne Rooney peaked in like 2008 2011 9, season 2011 like, season there's, he's brilliant. only had like one or two good years a decade like they were running him out of the club by, by 2014 ah, yeah. like you know but uh, I don't that 2011 season he was brilliant yeah. he I don't was think brilliant. it was enough to get him into the team of the decade because I think if you're doing an actual team of the decade where you can pick anyone I think longevity does matter a lot more than we they would off seasons well, like, in, in this in, team for yeah like, like Piat would lose out yeah that, but I reckon that'd be it. obviously Kante obviously had the one off season but then continuing on at Chelsea he'd be in there um, I'd have if you had one off like as in Wayne Rooney deserves to be in that team more than Dimitri Payet yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah it's yeah. just the one club rule the one like club he, rule and also that it was a thing of like well right I'm going to have to get rid of David here and I'm going to have to get rid of either Kane or Aguero and Kane or Aguero you know if it was the last 20 years if we're doing a team of the century so far Rooney's probably getting in ahead of Rooney's getting in ahead of Kane but yeah. because it's just this 10 years and like you said like like he's still got looking at Rooney's goals here like 11 goals in the 2010-2011 Premier League 27 2011-2012 12-17-12 and then 8-5 and five come 2016-27 they're not team of the decade numbers apart from two seasons though like yeah. the, the, you know then also he wasn't just a goal scorer but look at he dro- he could have been we, this if, the, if this w- the, you know the English disease it's not hooliganism it's number nine thinking they're number tens I'm sick of it <laughs> I'm, fuck, I'm sick of it <laughs> Harry Kane get in the box and score goals <laughs> Jamie Vardy is the only one who hasn't fallen yeah, exactly. to that disease and he's just, banging him in banging him in he is Jamie Vardy also very unlucky to get out to not get into this if, team if, I have him in my team yeah if, if I, you, I just went for him because over Kante because he was there so long and so consistent yeah. but Kante is like we're it's like if we're being re, if we're being very brutally honest, Kante in this team is a cop out. <laughs> That's just, why I didn't do it because I have integrity. Yeah, he deserves <laughs> to be in it. it. <laughs> he deserves to be in it, but it has to be Chelsea Kante because he's been there at Chelsea long. But then you can't get rid of Hazard. So yeah. anyway, look at if you disagree with us or you think you could put together a better eleven, um, you have you have to stick with the rules. You can only have one player per club. Uh, be sure to get in contact. Send us your teams. Send them to the gaffer at Boz.E or send them to Boz.E and any of our good social media. This will be a post any, on site as yeah, well. Exactly. Right? Any of our social media platforms, you can comment under the posts as well and uh, we might read out a couple of them next week but thank you very much for listening like we said if you haven't subscribed before be sure to hit the old subscribe button and give us a, a five star rating because the lads are trying very hard I think we deserve it in all yeah, honesty exactly. I'm a five star man <laughs> I'm a five star man <laughs> we will be back next week until then mind yourself <laughs>